Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon to you and yours. Happy Friday, December 30th, the year 2022, our last show of the 22 season. Boy, I think back just to LSU in particular. Football team was dead last in the SEC West a year ago. One year later, Brian Kelly's first season. They win the SEC West. They're favored by 14 and a half to pick up their 10th win of the year in just a few days. That same program has the nation's top rated recruiting class for 2024. Men's basketball program was without a coach. And everybody was pointing the finger at LSU. They're going to get hammered. Uh, They cheat. They do this. They do that. They lost every player off their team just months ago. But now under new hire Matt McMahon, they're 12-1. and They're coming off a top-10 SEC victory over Arkansas. Women's basketball wins last night, undefeated through 13 games. Don't they look like a national contender to you in year two of Kim Mulkey? And oh, by the way, LSU baseball will enter 2023 as the preseason number one team in America. Do coaches make a difference? There is absolutely, absolutely no doubt whatsoever. Man, Scott Woodward. Job well done. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming everywhere around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana era, area, and you want to put a face to the voice, go ahead, because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Now, we were asked to put together a list of the five most memorable moments that we had from the sporting year, a year uh, of 2022. And of course that all, um, and everybody has their moments, has their ideas. For instance, me, uh, the singular best moment to me was watching my daughter lead her high school basketball team into the state playoffs and her hitting a three-pointer uh, with about two seconds to go to win a quarterfinal matchup over their arch rival, Dominican. That was that was a that was a proud dad moment for me, watching my 15-year-old lead her volleyball team to a tournament championship in which she was voted 
the MVP. Those, those are personal to me. Everybody has their own. And, and I hope that you had unbelievable moments with your children that made you proud uh, and made it worthwhile to, to make all those drives to practice and from practice and to this and to that and to that. That's, that's the great joy of being a parent. Of course, on the bigger scale of things, the LSU win over Alabama was, um, was remarkable. Remarkable. It wasn't the, the best Nick Saban Crimson Tide team. It certainly wasn't the best LSU football team, but the fact that Brian Kelly uh, was in his first year and that team was such in disarray before the season started, it was an unbelievable, indescribable night of magic in Death Valley. LSU hadn't beaten the Tide at home since 2010. And they did it with a two-point gamble on the final play that just won the hearts of every LSU fan toward Brian Kelly. Wow. Jaden Daniels was terrific. And that's why I'm saying he's the quarterback that brings you the best opportunity to maybe get to a Final Four that will take place this year starting tomorrow. So that was that was one. That was... Uh, that was one of those earthquake type of things. Again, the two-point conversion catch, earthquake game two, right? Earthquake game two. Yeah. All right, LSU men's basketball won two nights ago uh, against Arkansas, a top 10 team in the country. Kim Mulkey's LSU women's basketball team traveled yesterday to Arkansas to take on the 24th-ranked Razorbacks. And uh, Kim Mulkey and company got it done uh, with a convincing, convincing 69-45 win on the road over 24th-ranked Arkansas in Bud Walton Arena. The first-ranked matchup of the season for LSU, and they controlled the game from the get-go. Angel Reese, <laughs> another double-double. She has... Uh, LSU's played 13 games. She's had 13 double-doubles, 19 points, 16 rebounds. Freshman Flaugé Johnson, her third double-double, her first in SEC play with 10 points and 11 rebounds. Alexis Morris finished with 19 points. Uh, Ladaja Williams collected 15 boards as LSU dominated on the glass, grabbing a season-high 62 rebounds limiting Arkansas to just 30. And LSU held Arkansas to season lows in points, which were already discussed, of um, 45, and field goal percentage at uh, 28%. So quite the coup for, for LSU. Tonight, the New Orleans Pelicans have another litmus test as they will take on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Pels are 22 and 12, first in the Western Conference. The 76ers are 20 and 13, fifth in the Eastern Conference. Um, Pels are 15 and 4 on their home court. They're ranked fifth in the Western Conference with 27 assists per game. 76ers are 6 and 8 on the road. They rank seventh in the East with 13.8. Six fast break points per game. 
course, when you think of Philadelphia, you always center around their big man, uh, Joel Embiid. Um, just basically unstoppable uh, when when he plays. Basically unstoppable. Um, Brandon Ingram came out and said, look, I'm just not feeling right. When I do feel right, I'll come back. The Pels are in good shape without him right now. No reason to, to rush back and re-injure themselves. In fact, New Orleans has thrived without Ingram. Um, Zion and Ingram have only played 12 games together. C.J. McCullough missed two of those 12 games together. Without Ingram in the last 12 games, Zion Williamson has averaged 29.8 points on 68% shooting, 7.8 rebounds, 5.9 assists, 1.4 steals, and a block. New Orleans has scored 121.7 points per 100 possessions in Zion's minutes, and that's without Brandon Ingram on the court. We'll have a preview of that. Let me tell you our guest list today, which is long and illustrious. Wilson Alexander will join us from The Advocate. He is in Dallas. He'll give us his final thoughts on LSU and Purdue. As LSU comes in there with not too many opt-outs, Purdue has lost many of their players, um, and this is a golden opportunity for LSU to get win number 10. You don't want to go into the offseason losing three consecutive games. That's not good. So Tigers should be ready to play. Christian Clark will join us. We'll get the lowdown on Pell's 76ers, Embiid, James Harden, Tobias Harris and company. Good basketball team coming out of the East. A very important tip tonight starting at 730 in what will be another packed Smoothie King Center. Our number two, Larry Holder of The Athletic will join us as we talk about the Saints and the NFL. How about them Cowboys? Um, they win last night over the Tennessee Titans, who sat just about everybody down. Um, still three turnovers by Dallas. Um, one, not Dak Prescott's fault. The wide receiver bobbled it and it went right to a, a Titan. But the other two turnovers, and that's uh, troublesome for the Cowboys uh, as they try to make a long run in the playoffs. We'll talk NFL with Larry Holder, George Faust from KLFY Sports. It's another edition of Friday with Faust. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will pick a myriad of games. Two coming up today, three on Saturday, three on Sunday, and two on Monday as we're in the throes of um, the NBA, throws of college bowl games, the NFL. We got it all together for you. So that's what's on the docket today. So we look forward to it. Speaking of the NBA, hey, NBA fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is without a doubt my go-to when betting on the NBA this holiday season. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook has given Louisiana NBA fans a really special gift. For a limited time, you can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. So you got tonight, and then you've got Saturday as they take on Memphis, and then that's going to be it for the no-sweat bet. But right now, everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Place an eligible bet of your choice on a Pelicans game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get your money back in a free bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet 
on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and opt in today to receive this limited time offer. It's only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Max reward limits apply. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing bet. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. We'll get things underway. We're heading out to Orlando and the Citrus Bowl, where Wilson Alexander will join us. We'll talk about the Tigers and the Poilermakers when we return to this Friday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Citrus Bowl bound LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we welcome you back on this uh, Friday, December 30th, as LSU is just a couple of days away from their final game of this campaign, trying to get to 10 wins to do so as a 14 and a half point favorite. They have to beat the Purdue Boilermakers. He is in Orlando covering the Tigers for the advocate and Nola news. Our good friend, Wilson Alexander, happy belated Christmas, happy early new year. My friend, how are you? I'm doing well, Jordy. Happy holidays. Thank you, buddy. You've been, you, you're able to, uh, I know you work so hard, but you, have you been able to enjoy any of Orlando since you've been there? Um, I haven't really gotten to enjoy Orlando yet, no. But um, I'll be able to in the next couple of days. My fiance is coming in, and so we're going to do some of the parks and stuff like that awesome. uh, you know, before the game, on, and that'll be fun. Um, the last awesome. couple of days, not so much, but it'll be, I'll be able to before I leave. Uh, how has LSU treated this bowl game as far as the mixture of work and uh, of the reward for being there? Yeah, I think it's been a pretty even balance. I mean, we've they went to Top Golf last night. Uh, some of them, not the whole team. Uh, most of them were at an event today that was coordinated through the bowl with the Boys and Girls Club of Orlando, where they were partnered with a, a you know one of the people from the uh, Boys and Girls Club and uh, mm-hmm. around a theme park. Um, and they've been, went to Universal um, the other day, and, but that's also been, you know, between practices and so, right. um, and, and study and, and everything else they're doing to prepare for the game. So, you know, that is the thing about, you know, these bowls is that there isn't, you know, there's not a championship at stake. And so they've been able to get out and, and have some fun in between practice and, and trying to go and win this 10th game. In talking to the players that you get a chance to interview, these bowl games, like you said, that aren't of a playoff caliber, it's all about how badly do you really want to be here? How, how, how important is this game to you? And we've seen some teams that, where it meant an awful lot, and, and it was quite obvious that other teams it really wasn't. In your talking to LSU, what sense do you get of their attitude toward being in Orlando? It's hard to, to to fully gauge. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of access to these players um, 
to to really find that out. Unfortunately, yeah. we got to talk to Makai Wingo today, but um, that that was it. And we'll get to talk to Jaden Daniels tomorrow. But I think uh, unless LSU you know brings out more players, those will be the only ones. And so um, hard to I think we'll have to kind of find out as, as once they get onto the field, and we'll be able to really see. But you do get the sense that there's. Um, some interest because, I mean, you've got a guy like Jay Ward who's going to be playing this game even though he's already declared for the draft. And everybody else declared, um, you know, for the draft at this point is uh, opted out. But, you know, you've got him playing. And, and you've got Jaden Daniels, you know, coming back mm-hmm. next year, obviously. And you've got a lot of, you know, pieces. And I think there's just a sense around this program that they want to keep climbing. Um, that's really what I've gathered, you know, just talking to them throughout the year. And that, you know, starts with this game. You heard Brian Kelly say to the team recently that, um, you know, this is not just the end of this year, but kind of the start of next season. And so they think they realize that there is an importance of this, but it also, just for a fan perspective, isn't the end all be all if they were not to win because um, there's not really, you know, sometimes it can serve as a springboard, but it, it's not really yeah. going to dictate how they play in 2023. So. That's, that's exactly right. You're absolutely right. Um, Wilson Alexander with a six starters opting out. So give me some names of some players who um, are going to get more playing time and, and who might step up to help deliver this 10th win. That's probably the part that's going to be most interesting about this game on Monday because you can start to figure out some pieces that, of this team next year. Mackay Wing, or excuse me, Quincy Wiggins uh, would be mm-hmm. one to watch, I think, in particular. He's the one who benefited most from the NCAA not uh, you know saying that bowl games aren't going to count against a red shirt. He'd already played in four. He can now play in a fifth, and he is somebody who else he's really excited about. Former top 100 recruit. Um, you might see him at Jack linebacker. You might see him at defensive end. Um, he's listed at both spots in LSU's depth chart and, and has sort of practiced at both at times. And so he's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Savion Jones is probably going to start at defensive end with Ali Gay opting out, and we've seen Savion at times this season. Um, and he splashed as a pass rusher, but this will be the first time chance for him to really play. Um, you know the full a full game this year and get some more playing time and maybe assert himself because you know he's going to have a competition at defensive end spot yeah. in the spring. Harris Shan from Arizona transferring over Wiggins might play there, so there, that's going to be a, a battle to watch and he's got a chance to kind of go ahead and try to take an edge there. So those two stand out, and I think also just a quick one: Brian Thomas at receiver. He's had a solid year, but maybe he can really take a jump with an opportunity mm-hmm. at receiver. And then uh, Sage Ryan at nickel is going to I think get a chance to play some and. Um, will it be interesting to see what he does as he starts to head into his third season? Yeah, I'm always amazed at how you know the season regular season comes to an end. LSU, of course, got to play in the SEC championship game, and then there's that break, and how players they just come back, they look different, they look I don't know what it is, um, but but that always interests me how players change in that short period of time, um, and some guys that maybe you weren't counting on all of a sudden become players that you heavily rely upon and so that's always the intrigue here lsu favored by 14 and a half nobody's given purdue much of a shot without their quarterback some key some key skill position people some key defensive people um lsu's attitude is going to be important i know you haven't had a chance to talk to many but their attitude is going to be everything what do you think how important is this game do you think to brian kelly to get to 10 wins and to avoid a three-game losing streak I'd say somewhat. Uh, he wasn't, uh, you know, was kind of asked about this uh, at least once over the last, you know, few weeks um, when we got the chance to talk to him, and he said that he, he essentially acknowledged that, for in terms of public perception, 
and, and the sort of exterior of the program, and, and we, we might have actually talked about this, that he you know, sees that it's important to get to 10 wins and to have that positive momentum um, within the fan base heading into this next season. You know, you got a long few months ahead, and he, he certainly wants that. I think internally, though, he feels like they've accomplished quite a bit this year, and that even if they lost, that it wouldn't be sort of the end of the world. Um, it would, of course, shape how people talk about this season. Um, mm-hmm. But I think internally they've accomplished quite a bit, and uh, the result of this bowl game does, isn't going to quite change that. But it would help solidify, I think, from everybody else who just follows LSU football and who everybody who cheers for LSU football um, would you know, be able to talk about, all right, look, year one, we won 10 games and you know, beat Alabama and went to the SEC championship. If fans are able to sort of talk like that, then um, that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, I, I just to think about where this team was a year ago, dead last in the SEC West to this year, winning the West, um, being ranked, getting the win over Alabama, having a really good recruiting class, another one coming down the pipeline in 2024. It's kind of remarkable what uh, what a coach and the right staff can do and, and to get the right players and getting Jaden Daniels was the was the key to everything and to see his improvement and involvement and the fact that he's coming back for next year, man, LSU's going to have some lofty expectations heading into next season, don't you believe? Yes, they will. I mean, they will certainly be a top 12 preseason-ranked team, I would think, uh, top 10 preseason yeah. team because of everybody that they're returning on the offensive side, especially if they go and win this game. And, you know, as they head into the preseason next year, I think a lot of voters would see – you know, 10 wins and the returning of a quarterback at year two under Brian Kelly. And yeah, yeah. they'd probably be a preseason top 10 team. And um, that's, uh, that is some lofty expectations because they sort of overachieved in a way this year than you would probably expect them to. I mean, obviously the Vegas line total is at six and a half and they've won right. nine with a chance to get to 10. And that, that's certainly overachieving. And uh, Brian Kelly, I think even sort of said as much at times this year that they've gotten a, a lot out of these players. Um, so they're going to have to be able to live back up to that again, and that that's not easy, but that's the expectation around LSU football is to win 10 games and compete for championships. And um, with that, you have a, there's a lot of reason for optimism on the offensive side, and now LSU's got to kind of prove some things uh, defensively and just kind of find who they can rely on defensively. Um, but when you have that continuity on the offensive side of the ball, it does give you some reasons and good ones to feel good about what you have next season as long as everybody stays healthy and, yeah. and, and you know, continues to develop because it's a long offseason ahead. I don't know, Wilson Alexander, the advocate, what uh, happened with Kayshawn Booty. Um, all the indications were he was coming back. He's enrolled in school for the spring. And then all of a sudden, boom, uh, he's no longer with the team at all. And he says, I'm going to the NFL draft. I have no idea what happened. Can you dot the I's and cross the T's and maybe connect something there? I will as much as I can. Kayshawn it was a surprise when he initially said earlier this month that he was coming back. That was yes. that's frankly more of a surprise than the fact that he is now headed to the NFL. The only reason that that Agreed. is now shocking is because he had said that he was coming back. Um, yeah. So it's not really a surprise that he has, has left. It's just more of the circumstances in which he, this has come out. Um, you know, he was unavailable for this game. He was not going to be playing in it. Um, he did not travel with the team to Orlando. And it was my understanding sort of told me that, um, he wasn't really around the team much over the last few weeks. Um, and so there was sort of this, I think, sense that um, it wasn't necessarily final. Like, you know, it wasn't set, completely set in stone and that it was really going to determine, you know, going to have to make sure that he got all the way through the deadline to declare in January. And um, obviously that has changed. And um, 
as to it's a lot that we that we don't know because you know Keishon hasn't really said sort of a lot of the thought process behind to what is been going on here. But in terms of you know saying to come back and leaving, but you know it wasn't. Um, it's just sort of how it worked out. You know, now he's got a chance to to try to you know bet on himself a little bit because his draft yeah. stock isn't what it was heading into the year, but. Um, he still believes he's one of the best receivers in this class, and um, you know, I think he felt like it was time to go ahead and just go. But the manner in which all this happened was a little bit unusual, to say the least. It leads me. It leads me to ask one last question: Do you think this was a Kayshawn Booty decision, or do you think this was an LSU decision? Uh, I, I do think it was a Kayshawn decision, okay. Um, okay. but there's. Uh, I, I do think it was, but um, again, okay. there's. Uh, still, some things that I just really don't really know yet, but uh, right. I, I do think it was ultimately, you know, Kayshawn feeling like he wanted to to go ahead and and you know leave because everything was set up for him to to come back, and it seemed like certainly it was headed in that direction because he said he was going to. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I think LSU will be a okay along those lines. Now, look, tell all these media requests you're you're busy, you're done, your fiance's coming. It's time for Wilson Alexander to have some fun before game time so go enjoy it and happy new year man and thank you <laughs> i'll do my best happy new year to you as well uh hope you have a, a great 2023 jordy i hope so too buddy thank you as always that is uh wilson alexander of the advocate live from orlando uh which is you know close it's in florida right close to the water which reminds me of the biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama, in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th through the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, and so much more. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage-side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Hoops tonight in the blender. Pels taking on Embiid and the 76ers. We'll talk all about it next with our good friend Christian Clark when we return to the Jordy Hulpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 35 minutes after the hour on this Friday, December the 30th. We got a good one in New Orleans tonight as the best in the West, the New Orleans Pelicans, who've won four straight. They're 22 and 12 overall, 15 and 4 at home, host. A really good up-and-coming. They're getting better and better as the year goes on. The Philadelphia 76ers, they've won eight of their last ten. They're now 20-13 and in the five-seed in the Eastern Conference, four-and-a-half games behind the Boston Celtics. If they sold out a Wednesday nighter for the Minnesota Timberwolves, can you imagine what tonight's crowd vibe is going to be like inside the Smoothie King Center? 
He's at all the games because he covers it for NOLA.com. Our good friend Christian Clark, kind enough to join us. Uh, Hoops are alive and well in the Crescent City, big guy. How are you? Joel Embiid's mind is uh, he's going to be blown tonight, I think. I don't know if you, <laughs> you saw those comments that were resurfacing. You know, Joel said at the beginning of last season it would be difficult for him to play here because there's just not much juice in the arena. <laughs> well, he's uh, he's going to play because there'll be a lot of juice. That's the first time I've heard that. So uh, be careful what you ask for there, Joel Embiid. Philadelphia, uh, uh, you know, the, the, they're a good team, right? What what kind of challenges do they present besides Embiid? How's James Harden doing? There's there's Tobias Harris. Talk to me about the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like one thing that stands out tonight is Tyrese Maxey is is supposed to return. You know, hasn't really played for them this year. Um, I'm going to be curious how much Doc uses them. Is kind of a minutes limit, but I mean, I think the challenge for the Pelicans tonight is just stopping that that Harden, Joel, and Beat pick and roll. That's yeah. you know, a really good weapon for for Philadelphia. Um, you know, Jonas Jonas Valanciunas really good player, but not the fleetest of foot in in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think, definitely something to watch. And, and probably to lo- know Larry Nance Jr. too. So Jackson Hayes is going to get thrown in there. You know, he doesn't get, like, beaten to a pulp by him being He's got to go up against him. Depth will certainly play a factor in this. We all saw the career high for Zion Williamson when he took the game over in the fourth quarter. He had 33 of his 43 in the second half. Scored the final 14 points of the ball game. Even mixed in a three ball uh, there. Besides everything else, but um, C.J. McCollum said it best. Uh, the game plan was simple: get the ball to Z and get the bleep out of the way. That's pretty good. That's what it was. Yeah. Funny. Willie Green was asked at practice yesterday. You know, what's your philosophy? You know, continuing to run your offense versus just getting the ball to one guy when he's cooking. And Willie Green says. When a guy's go to, got it going like that, all the rules go out the window, which uh, yeah. is the right answer to me. Um, I mean, look, man, what Zion's done these last 12 games has like, been incredible. I mean, I think he's fought himself into the MVP conversation, yeah. like not only in consideration for an All-NBA team, but like a guy at least have to talk about for first-team All-NBA, which mm-hmm. if he can do that has really big implications because – if he's able to make first team All NBA, he's able to get even more money on on his extension. It's going to go from twenty five percent of the cap to thirty percent of the cap if he finishes first team. So uh, hmm. yeah, those are some some fun little subplots or a fun little subplot to watch this rest of the season. To your point, in the twelve games Williamson has played since Brandon Ingram's injury, he's averaged twenty nine point eight points per game on 68.2% true shooting, 7.8 rebounds, 5.9 assists, uh, almost a one-and-a-half steals, and a block. And the Pels have scored nearly 122 points per 100 possessions in his minutes. A game like that, um, that, that could be a turning point to a career where he starts to realize, okay, um, I'm supposed to be this great player, but now I put pen to paper and showed everybody that I truly am. Um, the big question is, can he continue along those lines? I'm not saying scoring 43 every night, but but when the game's on the line taking over like that, that would behoove the Pels greatly. 
I mean, absolutely. And and the other thing, too, is ever since that Memphis game in late November when the Pels got uh, beat pretty badly, yeah. you know, I, that was not a good game for anybody, but it was really not a good game for Zion. I don't think he played very well on the defensive end. But ever since then, he's really brought it on both ends. Like, that's been you know one of my biggest notes these last 12 games. I mean, we knew he was this offensive talent. Like, we saw this during the second season when, you know, he played in the majority of the games under Stan Van Gundy. I think we knew he kind of had this in him offensively. I think it was very much, you know, we hadn't seen him be a very good defensive player in the NBA until this year. You know, he was an awesome defensive player at Duke. And I was sitting here wondering, is that guy still in there? Is he, is he coming yeah. back? And I think we've seen him do it on both ends. I and mean, look no further than that, that steal and the score to put them ahead in the last game. I mean, that was a ridiculous defensive play. Mm-hmm. Christian Clark with us. I think one of the, you know, we all always talk about Zion. We talk about C.J. McCollum, who um, it's starting to heat up a little bit. Um, it's starting to get his shots to fall for him. We talk about Brandon Ingram, an all-star when he's there. We're all wondering when is he going to come back. It's not before it's time. You don't want to risk a, a, a quick re-injury of something. But the unsung hero to me, uh, last year was always uh, Valanciunas, but this year, in my opinion, Najee Marshall has been, uh, he's playing the best basketball of his life uh, for these Pelicans, and he's earning himself, um, he deserves to play, and he's earning himself some some future considerations, I believe. I I, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, he's he's been so good this year on, on both ends of the floor, too. And, yes. you know, like the Pelicans, Pelicans' wing depth is, one of their biggest strengths. Like, they can put all these big, versatile lineups on the floor because of guys like Najee Marshall, Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones. You know, the list kind of goes on and on. I mean, Najee, really good player off the dribble for someone who's more of a forward. Um, you know, and, like, when he's playing through the Pelican Stars, like, he's getting to attack these closeouts all the time. You know, I think it's the perfect role for him. Like, he can protect them defensively, and then the offensive end, play off of them and, like, you know, benefits from the gravity they attract, and he can just play off of that. And I think Willie Green's a perfect coach for him, too. I mean, a, a really good coach for him. I think he just, Najee, I mean, that's a, they definitely have a, a good connection. Yeah, I think there's a good connection throughout uh, throughout the lineup, and we talked about it before the season started. I, think, I said the key to this team is how does Trey Murphy respond in year two and he's just living off the fact that Zion's in there and demanding so much, and they're they're recognizing that Murph can shoot it, so they're they're kicking it back out, and he's knocking down these threes, and that just, I mean, they really got something good going on here. Yeah, I mean, he's he's such an important player too because I mean, you know, one of the I don't even want to call it a weakness, but the the Pelicans shoot the three ball at a high percentage, but they don't take a lot of them. And so, right. you know, when there are those rare nights when Trey's not hitting, I think you really, you really, and, and you see it, um, you know, he's just one of the few guys on this roster where you can say, yeah, his biggest strength is definitely his ability to shoot the three ball. And, you know, he only can make it right behind the line. He can make it several feet behind the line. And, you know, when you can do that, it kind of just warps the defense. Christian Clark, the advocate tonight. It's the Pels versus Philadelphia tomorrow. They travel to take on Memphis, and then it's back over to Philadelphia after that. So a very important three-game stretch here uh, to see, okay, another message sent to the league 
that uh, we are here. We're not going anywhere. Uh, so it's a very important time uh, in this in, in this stage of the season for this. <laughs> just been a great story by this ball club. I saw I, I personally went to the Minnesota game and I saw Minnesota go, go back into a zone. They were trying to figure out some way, clog the middle and not let Zion just do what he can do. Uh, do you see more teams going to that? Um, or how, how do you think they start guarding Zion? Oh, man. that's The zone is an interesting one. Yeah, I could see that. But, I mean, the crazy part is, like, they were sending double and triple teams at him, and he is still scoring. Yep. He was still scoring. Um, I mean, that's how much of a freak he is. I mean, I think, like, what we saw with that Milwaukee Bucks game, right, where the Pelicans lost, they had – Drew guarding Zion, and then they had their two seventh Giannis and Brooke Lopez, you know, basically hanging out near. The right. I mean, I think I see like extreme stuff like that as we get into the playoffs. Of yeah, like we we have like our rim protectors, not even worried about you know like some of New Orleans perimeter players. We're going to plant them in the paint and mm-hmm. make the Pelicans beat them from the three point arc. Like I, I think that's what we're going to see is you know in, in like important games as we get into the spring, teams are going to. F- force the Pelicans to beat them as a shooting team. They're not going to let – they're going to try not to let Zion beat them inside and still score anyway. I mean, who knows? Hmm, amazing. Um, what team do you think in the West – and I'm looking down the road um, – what team out there presents the biggest matchup problem for New Orleans? Is there one? Oh, man. I mean – Look, they they just lost to Phoenix in the playoffs, and I know they've had some successes against them. But, I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, like Phoenix's ability to put the Pelicans in the role and, and Aiton's ability to hit that mid-range shot is always going to be tough to cut off. And I certainly think the Pelicans are capable of beating them. But that that one, you know, I think would still be a really tough one for them. Um, the Clippers, too, just because, you know, like Kawhi and, and Paul – they're such mm-hmm. good defenders on the wings. Um, I mean, I don't think I would say the Pelicans are favorites, but I also think they could definitely be anybody. I mean, it's a crazy talented team, and like yeah. it just it takes you know not not only like a, a lot of talent at the highest level, but like you got to have elite top end talent. And they finally got that guy with Zion. You know, like yeah. Zion could be the best player in any series, plausible to me. I'm with you. Christian Clark, one last one. I'll let you go. I, I keep I keep getting changing my stance on this comment. Um, but the trade deadline coming when in February, um, something along those lines. There's such good chemistry here, but winning trumps everything. It, is this Pelicans team set the way they are or do you think they're they're actually looking to see how they could possibly improve their roster um, with the capabilities of getting to a conference championship and maybe even to the NBA Finals. Is that roster intact where they are, or is there a certain type of a player out there that you think the Pels might be looking to shop around for? From what I can tell, it's been it's been pretty quiet so far. I mean, David okay. Griffin is a... If you just look at his history, a pretty aggressive, um, you know, like lead executive. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they do something. I mean, my personal thoughts are, you know, like I could see them 
adding or upgrading two areas, getting maybe a, a wing to come off the bench who can shoot some threes a little bit okay. more. Like I could see him trying to do that. Um, you know, in the past, like you've heard whispers about, oh, Luke Kennard, could they try to go get him? I have no idea if he's gettable. Um, right. And I could also see them, like, if there's maybe like a, a big guy, a center who can step behind the three-point arc and shoot two, is someone like that gettable? Um, and I'm just throwing a name out there. It's not reporting at all. But, like, Nas Reed, you know, LSU kid who they yeah. played against the other night. Yeah. Like, if you could get that guy to come off the bench and he could – you know, stand by a three-point line in space for Zion. Like, that type of guy would be interesting to me. I'm with you. Uh, Nas Reed impressed me. I'm like, man. He's going to get paid this summer. I'm telling you, he really impressed. Minnesota played a great game. I mean, it was, I'm telling you, for a team that, that's not a 16-19 and 19 team. Um, I don't know what's happened to them, but they're better than that. It just goes to show you how good the West is. My God. One through ten, uh, Golden State's the tenth seed right now. And they're 500, and they're five games out. And that can, that can change in two weeks, like boom. Uh, so this thing is still, there's a long, long way to go. But it sure is fun looking down on everybody for a change rather than looking up from the, from the abyss, looking up to the top of the mountain. So it's been a great start. I know it's been fun covering them. Uh, should be a great, great atmosphere. And Joel Embiid, you might get a little juice tonight because I'm telling you that place is going to be nutsville. Uh, 15 and four at home. That's that's pretty impressive. Only Golden State, 15 and two at home, has a uh, really a better record for the amount of games they played there. But Christian Clark from the Advocate, thank you so much. Uh, let's see if Zion can go back to back, maybe get another 40 spot. That'd be sweet. Enjoy the ball game, buddy, and happy New Year. Hey man, same to you. I appreciate it. All right, buddy, you're the best. That's Christian Clark of the advocate if you didn't get what you wanted from santa no worries we have the gifts you really want in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com as a member of our rewards club you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a 150 dollars gift certificate to mr lester steakhouse at cypress bayou casino resort or a 25 dollars gift certificate to mabel's kitchen at cypress bayou casino resort we also now have $40 gift cards to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard and a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Wow. But you can only score these prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. When Philly is right, they are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, hands down and certainly a challenger to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and to the NBA Finals. They are that good. Big ball game tonight. We'll be back to wrap up our number one after this timeout on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lots of football going on today. One final already in bowl game style. Maryland 16, 23rd ranked North Carolina State 12. UCLA, the 18th ranked Bruins, leave, lead Pitt 21-14 at the half. 
South Carolina 7, Notre Dame zip early in the first. We got the Barstool sports game coming up, Ohio and Wyoming. And then tonight, oh, it's a lot of orange at the Orange Bowl. Tennessee, 6th-ranked Tennessee versus 7th-ranked Clemson. Both teams without their starting quarterbacks. How about that? So um, we'll keep you updated on that. Hour number two is coming your way. Larry Holder of The Athletic. We'll be talking NFL with Larry, George Faust from KLFY. Who knows where we'll go with that. And then our weekly pick segment with George Becknell, James Mesh, and myself. So there you go. Coming your way, hour number two. So sit right back. Uh, we'll come to you after this top of the hour sports update on this Friday, December 30th edition of the Jordy Hultberg Show. And of course, tomorrow, all the big ones, you got the Sugar Bowl, but you got the semifinals, Michigan versus TCU, Georgia, and Ohio State. Yes, indeed. Hour number two, straight ahead here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go on this Friday, December 30th, the year 2022. It's our last show of this year. When we come back, we'll be in 2023, and we'll know whether the Saints are playoff hopes are still alive. We'll know that uh, if LSU got to 10 wins, we'll know if Tulane kept their Cinderella season going with a win over USC, and we'll we'll know who's going to be playing in the national championship game. So a lot of big games in the next couple of days that we are really, really looking forward to, including tonight's matchup in the Smoothie King Center with the Red Hot Pelicans and the Sixers with Embiid and Harden and Tobias. What a great game that's going to be inside the Smoothie King Center. But um, we begin our number two with our good friend from The Athletic, the one and only Mr. Larry Holder. Happy early New Year, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Oh, we lost him. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, we'll get Larry in just a minute. We're going to talk about the Saints. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to ask Larry, convince me in some small fashion that you think the Saints can win against Philly because I just don't think that's going to be the case. We saw last night that Dallas was a winner over the Tennessee Titans. Okay, that's great. Tennessee resting everybody because the only game that matters to them is this coming weekend. Next weekend, when Jacksonville, it's a play-in play game. All right, let's try it again. Our good friend from The Athletic, uh, Mr. Larry Holder. Happy early New Year, buddy. I hope everything's going great, man. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, happy early New Year to you. And uh, let's get some... Uh... We got some football action over the next yeah. few days. Uh, we we got to keep an eye on, right? No question. Not only on the NFL scene, but the college scene. There's a lot of local interest. There's no question about that. Convince me in some small fashion that you think that there is a small iota of a chance that the Saints can go into Philadelphia and win that football game Sunday at noon. 
I think there is a small iota of a chance, uh, okay. I, but I'm not exactly holding my breath. Um, even if Jalen Hurts doesn't play, he's listed yeah. as doubtful to play. Uh, I just think that like, Gardner, Gardner Minshew isn't Jalen Hurts, but Gardner Minshew yeah. is certainly, in my mind, with that offense, a capable quarterback. And yes. they've got weapons everywhere and you know look they they're look they've got a reason to play i mean they win they clinch the the number one seed in the nfc and right. i know they are going to be pretty hell-bent to do that so they could maybe scale back and not have to rush jalen hurts back to try to do that next week so uh mm-hmm. but look the saints at least they've won two in a row uh you know it's not exactly been uh pretty <laughs> for yeah. for either one but it's they've got one two in a row and but they have uh, literally uh, our, our tabulations at the Athletic. They have a three percent chance to make the playoffs. So, hmm. but they have some sort of chance uh, to yeah. at least uh, you know keep fighting and, and try to uh, and try to win this game. But yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, there are a lot of aspects, and it's the same aspects we've talked about all year. You know, just offense being erratic. You know, banged up players, defense not playing as well consistently as you might have liked and so that's that's kind of what why the saints are where they are let's look big picture let's just say that the saints lose to philadelphia and they lose the season finale against carolina who will have a lot to play for it seems like in that last game the saints if they lose to philly has nothing to play for other than just to play out the string if they lose those next two games how how, how big of a change or a turnover do you see for this club? And of course the big elephant in the room, you see all these stories about Sean Payton and Tom Brady coming together to come to new Orleans. How much, how much credence, if any, do you give that? Yeah, obviously that's the storyline we've been following for weeks. Uh, You know, are the saints going to hang on to Dennis Allen? What's Sean Payton going to do? And uh, I think that it's kind of been back and forth reporting, uh, that I, that I've seen, you know, my good buddy Jeff Duncan, uh, you know, writing that he feels like the Saints are gonna, um, they like where they're going in the direction with Dennis Allen at this point. But then a week before, you know, Sean Payton opens up, you know, the opportunity to maybe come back to New Orleans, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's all up in the air. Like I don't feel okay. good making some bold statement one way or the other because right. you're right. Like Jordy, what if they totally just bomb out these last two weeks? It's and certainly possible. You just gotta, yeah. You gotta make a, you gotta, you gotta make a move. Like, here's the thing. I, I my sense would be somebody's got to be the fall guy because, uh, look, I, I think the Saints can go one and one in this final stretch. Uh, okay. But somebody's got to be the fall guy. My guess well, would you probably know. be Pete Carmichael. Yes, uh, you know the offensive coordinator. They, you got to make a change somehow offensively. Uh, it's really just been stagnant, uh, too stagnant this year, regardless of all the, the pieces moving around, but. But look, that's the thing. I I do buy the possibility of Sean Payton and Tom Brady joining forces, but obviously, if they don't get rid of Dennis Allen, that's not going to happen here. Yeah. So I can see that happening somewhere uh, because it almost happened in 2020 uh, here, <laughs> but Drew Brees came yeah. back, and then we know that the Dolphins got in trouble for trying to connect the two. Uh, last off season, uh, so right. I, I think there's definitely um, a, a high possibility that they join forces. But I would be I'd be a little surprised if it happened here because I just get the sense that they're not going to walk away from Dennis Allen quite yet. 
Okay. Well, Dennis Allen's going to have to get a coordinator because I'm thinking, yeah, Carmichael's definitely the one. Um, and they got to get a quarterback. Uh, and, and how they go about and get that? I mean, there's that Derek Carr has already been benched. And hey, this don't don't come back to practice. You're too much of a distraction. You just go home. Your seat, your your off season has begun. So he's done in Vegas. Um, do you think that's a possibility in New Orleans? I guess anything is. Yeah, I think, well, look, you could trade for someone like that. That might be the best route that the Saints can go, but we know their their draft assets aren't exactly plentiful since Philadelphia right. has their first-round yeah. pick. Uh, and, uh, like, I, but I think just like last offseason, there's probably going to be a lot of movement in the quarterback market, uh, whether it's trade. And I even – I remember even talking with you, I feel like, last offseason about maybe the Saints trying to trade for Derek Carr. Like, I, I feel like yeah, that he yeah, might have been someone did. who could have fit. But the thing is, it's like, how much better is he than what you got? And if you think he's just marginally better, how much do you want to give up to bring right. him in? And it's not like his, his salary is going to be cheap if you're trading for that. Now, yeah. say if he gets released, I mean, that might actually be something that happens. If he gets released, then it's a different story. Yeah. Uh, you're not having to move assets. But, I mean, look, look, a quarterback who might be a sneaky option, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but the guy they might be facing, or they're probably facing on Sunday. I mean, Gardner Minshew is a free agent. Uh, you know, it's yeah. uh, uh, somebody like that. And, uh, you know, there, there are definitely some options. I mean, look, people are going to be looking at Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady mm-hmm. is going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you keep hearing his name, but I'd be surprised if he does not get franchise tagged. But uh, right, um, but I mean, right. the Ravens might have reservations for him on him, and uh, so it's uh, there. There's some moving pieces around that uh, will make this off season very intriguing. Whether <laughs> it's signing someone or trading for someone, it certainly will be interesting. There's no question about it. Um, I don't see how the Saints go to Philadelphia and win. I just I just don't see it. Um, but there's another team in New Orleans. It's, it's over there in Dallas right now. How about the Green Wave? Uh, they're one-and-a-half-point underdogs to USC. USC's got the Heisman Trophy quarterback. Um, but Tulane got a pretty good quarterback, got a really good running back, and a really good coach. This ought to be a fun game. Yeah, it's – like you and me obviously watch LSU all the time. Uh, and uh, the game – it's a shame that the game comes on at the exact same I time. I know. Uh, LSU-Purdue and and, oh, uh, and, and Tulane and USC. Uh, but, look, I think Tulane – I think they're going to win. I mean, I think just straight up that uh, – I'd love it. USC – yeah, USC isn't uh, this uh, total juggernaut. I mean, they got no. the doors blowing off of them. Uh, the last time they played, and I think Tulane can can hang with just about anybody in the country. I mean, they're a legit, good, really good football team. I mean, they're they're playing. Just think about it. Yeah. Kansas State's playing in the Sugar Bowl, and Tulane beat Kansas State. So that's it, right. It's, like they they don't they're not going to be intimidated. I, I don't think by by USC. I almost feel like USC better not take them lightly. I think that actually might be the thing where Tulane sneaks up on them and, and oh, really yeah. kind of punches them in the mouth. Uh, like you mentioned, Tajay Spears. Uh, he's one of the best running backs in the country. He's you know, like, the AAC Player of the Year, Michael Pratt, uh, and they've got that defense rolling. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, they're a really well-rounded team, and I don't think USC is a, a well-rounded team. I mean, you talk about Caleb Williams, uh, but and then their defense is vulnerable. Uh, yeah. And so, and and Tulane, you know, they're going to be 
you know, oh. they want to win this badly. No question. And so it's a little different, yeah, mentality maybe uh, with that program as opposed to with the Trojans. They can try all they want as coaches to tell those USC players, oh, Tulane, those USC players never heard of Tulane. Oh, Tulane, what's that? Um, is that a highway or Pretty something? Much, you're right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, uh, come on, no. So I, I hope the wave does it. Um, no problems. Uh, does LSU have problems with Purdue? Once I saw they lost their quarterback and top yeah. receiver, I really, I really kind of thought that all right, this should this should be ready made for LSU yeah. to win this game uh, and and win handily. But look, look, we've seen some attrition. From LSU, uh, you know, with uh, losing some players going to the draft, and right. it's you, you know that's going to happen. I just I just feel like uh, that LSU is just a better team overall than Purdue. Right. I mean, I, I just right. I can't see you can you can kind of go matchup to matchup, and I just see LSU being better everywhere. Uh, you know, from special well let's not let's not say special, <laughs> but. <laughs> offensively and defensively, I think, and the head coaching, I, I, would, I would give them the edge in, in those three categories. Special teams, eh, I don't know if they're better than anybody in the country. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious, Larry Holder, the athletic. Sugar Bowl, 11 o'clock in the morning. Is there any buzz at all about Alabama, Kansas State? 11 o'clock? That's, That's ridiculous. Yeah, good. That's bizarre. I mean, we're used to seeing that game 8 p.m. Yes. Central. It's the last game of the day. It is, it is strange that that's the way it's it shifted this year. Um, but, I mean, look, I think that's part of it. We're going to see these bowl games shift. Uh, yeah. and, and when the college football playoff, it gets expanded. So I think this is something we're going to have to get used to, kind of the moving parts. Because, I mean, look, even the Rose Bowl is going to have to move. And they were the ones yeah. kind of pitching a stink. Uh, that they did not want to move. So, uh, right. but yeah, it is. I mean, I don't. Me here personally, I don't feel any buzz for the game. No. I mean, I'm sure Kansas State they're going to try to come down in droves, and uh, but I hope they're not taking Southwest Airlines. So, I mean, geez, Ooh. you'll never, you'll never leave or never get back. That's so, right. I, yeah, I, right. at least uh, right. Tuscaloosa it's drivable. Um, oh my but God. I am like, yeah, it's surprising to me though that. But Bryce Young and Will Anderson are playing. You know, that's I say yeah. kudos to them. Uh, but uh, it's it's you've gotten to the point where so many people sit, and those two guys are top five pick type of guys. So I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised to see them actually even yeah. playing in this game. I actually was in the Superdome for an eleven o'clock kickoff, LSU versus Tulane, and LSU wore some old throwback unis, and I'm telling you that building was as flat as a pancake because everybody went oh, out the night before. That. Yeah. That remember that? A, I mean, that the place was, was dead. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then LSU had to come back in the second half, play for their lives to win, but that the building had no energy whatsoever. It was awful. I remember I went to that game. Yeah. It was definitely, I don't want to, it's kind of like church. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. A little, a little quiet. And we're not talking Baptist uh, church. We're talking Catholic church. Yes. Yes. We're talking everyone's, <laughs> Sitting there quietly uh, reflecting. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm curious. I, you know, look, Kansas State fans are going to have to bring the juice. I mean, obviously, Alabama fans. This is not what they expected, is, and so. No. Um, but hey, maybe they uh, they still want to come to New Orleans for New Year's. I don't know. It's probably got to be maybe more fun so. than Tuscaloosa, right? Maybe so. Larry Holder of the Athletic. I wish you nothing but continued success and uh, 
and health to your beautiful family. And thank you so much for all your help all year long. We greatly appreciate it, my friend. You got it all the same to you and, and yours as well, Jordy. And yeah, happy thank new you, year. Buddy. And we will, uh, we'll talk again we will, next week. You got it, bud. God willing, we'll continue. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Larry Holder of The Athletic. We'll take a quick time out here when we come back Fridays with Faust here on the Jordy Heldberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and the World Series champion Astros. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY sports director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Happy New Year early, Mr. Faust. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, it, it, it never fails that during the, the, the Christmas break, yeah. some kind of something, you know, jumps on me and gives me a nice oh, no. little cough or cold. Or, oh. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's like the time of year, you know. It all, it's like, oh, guess what? It's the end of December. Oh, that must mean George needs a cough. <laughs> so Believe it. I, I, I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's fine. It's not anything too serious. It's just, you know, the way, Dude. the way it works right now. So <laughs> I've been, I've been coughing for like two weeks, so I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just an eyesore, but it is what it is. And yes. it too yes. shall pass, right? It too shall pass. What was the biggest story in your area of the world? Um, Sports story in the year of 2022. Can you think Ooh. of one? Wow, that's a <laughs> man. I didn't have time to prepare for that. That's a good no, question. Never. Uh, I, I mean, look in fr- from from a from a strictly Cajuns perspective. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest story is that De- Coach uh, Desimo took over the football program. The expectation and the the curiosity of how that season would go. Um, I think they 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 played valiantly in the in the uh, in the Independence Bowl came up a little yeah. short, but uh, definitely uh, to be able to get to a bowl game in his first year, I think that can set a little bit of a tone for the for the, uh, the you know the the tenure moving forward. Uh, a win would have done a little bit more, I think, but you know. You take what you have, you know. It is what it is, and you and you move forward. And I think he's done a phenomenal job of that. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of what what else has happened in in these last twelve months. That uh, that's I'll tell you what been, that that high school state championship finale um, with oh, ST, STM and LCA. I mean that that's pretty hard to top. No, look, you know, I was at the Sunkiss shootout yesterday. The basketball. Tournament yeah. Danny Broussard puts on, uh, yeah. and they've got some phenomenal teams. Newman's in the championship against STM tonight. Uh, yeah. And I was talking to Kim Broussard, the athletic director, and yeah, he was he, he was like I, that. If you do that nine times, you know that scenario. Yeah, I, I, he goes, I don't know that we win more than that one time. You know, nine more mm-hmm. times. It's it just it was a crazy. You're right that that. With regards to high school football, that has to be the, uh, around here for sure. The game of the uh, game of the year, game, you know, it was it was one for the ages. I mean, people will be talking yeah. about that for years. 
in years. Yeah, no doubt. I, I saw some somebody sent me something that uh, the quarterback from um, uh, LCA Johnson tweeted out yes, saying, I'm, I'm, I'm returned. I, I thought, wait a minute, is he is he not going to the NFL or something? He says, I'm returning <laughs> to um, LCA for my senior season. So maybe there was talk of him leaving and going to transfer somewhere else. I don't know. Well, well, I know, I know. There's, there's a lot of uh, kind of uncertainty, uh, you know, because they don't have a coach right now, so they're trying to deal with that. And uh, so, I, I think uh, from what I, I thought you were going to talk about, uh, where the schools that he's narrowed his his uh, recruiting down to, he's he's narrowed it down to four schools. Oh, uh, LSU's LSU, one of them, isn't it? Yes, yes, LSU's one. Uh, and I can't think of the other three. I think Alabama's another. And then there's I think Florida's two other ones, one of them. Uh, that, say it again, Florida. I think Florida's in the mix. Yeah, right. So there's three of them. I I, I follow him on Twitter, so I, I saw it the other day. So, um, so yeah, he's he's definitely one of those. Uh, uh, he's going to be an athlete uh, at the next level, no doubt about it. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. quarterbacks where he'll fit best, but uh, he'll right. definitely be able to impact somebody's roster. He is George Faust, KLFY. I just, just ran across this. Did you know that the number one uh, baby name for the year 2022 on the boys' side is Liam, L-I-A-M, like Liam Neeson? Uh, yeah, and on the sure, girls, sure. it's, it, it's Charlotte. 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 So, yeah. yeah, just this FYI. I mean, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty popular. I have a I have a a little niece named Charlotte, so that's okay. pretty popular. I do know that. Uh, um, I don't see yeah. I don't see George or I don't see George or Jordy anywhere. I do see a James up there from my producer James Mesh. So so he's still popular, but nobody wants to name their kids George or Jordy. Come on. I, I, well, I think Jordy would be pretty. That's a pretty cool name. Like, and for yeah. it's unique and sporty. So if you're, ha- you know, I, I could get that. George is an interesting name. I, you know, I, I'm technically I'm a junior, so uh, okay. I, I was given that name as 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 part of a, le- a legacy. Uh, gotcha. So. So I, I don't think people you really look search out George too much. When I, you know? when I, I got to be honest. When I think of George, I think of. Washington first, Faust second. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, I didn't cross the Delaware. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're good. We're good on that. I'm okay with that. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> who, get, who, who gets to the national championship game? Who wins Michigan TCU? Who wins Georgia Ooh. Ohio State? I, look, I, 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 you know, TCU is is an impressive team. I think Michigan just has. I, I like. I like them this year. I like. I like the uh, the idea of it. I think it's going to be Michigan and Georgia. I, I okay. think Ohio State. They, I, Ohio State. I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State won, but I, I just think Georgia is kind of on a mission to prove that they didn't win in a fluke. You know, they didn't win the last time in a fluke, uh, okay. and so I think that coupled with uh, you know. Just Ohio State kind of sneaking in the back door for some mm-hmm. people. That's they 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 didn't deserve to be in that spot. There was other teams that thought they thought yeah. So you could talk about that for uh, days and days. But uh, for me, let's see Michigan and Georgia in the final game, and uh, and and 
I, I think, man, the way Michigan's been playing, and, and I, that would be that would be impressive to me. Uh, I, I just kind of like Michigan a little bit for some reason. It's just, okay. yeah. Uh, even though I'm an SEC kind of guy, I, I think uh, I got you. I think Michigan's got something special rolling this year. I got you. I understand completely. All right, George Faust. Um, hope you feel better. And I know yeah, you're ready okay. for those kids I'm to get good. back to school. I know that for a fact. But I'm, but you'll never say it. But uh, <laughs> you noticed it but, was quiet in here today, right? Yeah, <laughs> George is. George the hadn't stopped at off house, at Shoprite Tobacco Plus children? to get the kids a little snack. I understand. That's, I understand. All right, all but, right. But, but look, dress up, take your wife somewhere, have a happy, happy New Year. And uh, seriously, all kidding aside, thank you for your contributions each and every Friday. I always look forward to it. It's always a lot of fun. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for uh, thinking of having me on because I really do love talking on the radio and and giving opinions and things of that nature. I think it's a lot of fun. And and Happy New Year to you and yours as well. Yeah, We don't restrict you to three minutes like those darn uh, news producers do. So (laughs) we let you talk a little bit. George, take care, buddy. Happy New Year, man. Same to you, Jordy. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holdberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back. It's raining threes. 333 on a Friday, December 3rd. 30th, it's my favorite day of the week, favorite part of the week on my show, because I get to welcome in James Mesh, George Becknell, and we pick some games. Uh, Happy New Year to you, James. Happy New Year to you, George. How are you, big guy? Oh, man, Jordan, I'm fantastic. Happy New Year to you. How are you? Good. We got 10 games. We got to get them all in in a limited amount of time. So we're going to start off with games Friday, then Saturday, then Sunday, then Monday. Tonight? Uh, we start with the NBA Sixers at the Pelicans. Pels trying to go for their fifth straight. They're a two-point home favorite inside the Smoothie King Center. Go. Oh man, Jordan. The Zion Williamson has been playing out of his mind. I feel like this year is a year of destiny for the Pelicans. You you look Ooh. at them, they're all chummy, they're all yep. excited. James Harden, who he used to be, Joel Embiid is good, but and Doc Rivers is the most older, overrated NBA coach of all time. So give me <laughs> the Pelicans to keep this thing moving. They're going to beat the Sixers twice okay. this weekend. In, in a matter of days, all right? In Let's a matter of days. There. All right, James Mesh, at home, 18,000-plus on hand. Who do you like? Man, Joel Embiid, he's still going to get his. They're still going to have a really good game. I think, ultimately, Zion's the difference maker in this game. And not to mention the crowd itself, like you mentioned. It was sold out the other night. It's going to be packed again tonight. On a yeah. Right on a Wednesday. Like since yeah. what have since what have we talked about Pell's midweek games being sold out? Like that Mm-mm. that's crazy. The crowd's going to play a factor 
and I really think that the Pels are going to be 16-4 and four by the end of the night at home. All right, all right. Here's the key. Zion's going to get his. The key, C.J. McCollum has to have a big, big game because James Harden's going to get his. you got to match your, their two with your two. If C.J. McCollum has a big one, the rest of the Pels will fall in line. Give me the Pels to win five straight. Tonight, a lot of urge in the urge bowl. Tennessee versus Clemson. Clemson, the fighting Dabo Sweeney's five-and-a-half-point favorites, George. I mean, they should. I, I'm, I'm surprised that they're only five-point favorites because if you look at this team, these, this matchup, Hendon Hooker's out for the season, and he was so important to what Tennessee did. I don't think they have a shot against uh, Clemson okay. because Clemson – what they do is they can do it with whoever plays quarterback. The quarterback isn't as critical to their success. So I like Clemson to win this one. I like Clemson to win this one big. Okay. James, which orange team do you like? Oh, man. If Hinton Hooker was still a player now, I'd be looking towards Tennessee. But yep. like George was saying, man, Clemson's doing it in club Nick. He's that quarterback right now for the Tigers. So I'm definitely taking Clemson in this one. I'm going the other way. Ooh. I don't think Clemson wants to play. I'm going. I think Tennessee wants to end their season. I'm just going with my SEC bias. Give me the Volunteers. <laughs> what the heck to upset uh, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson? How about this one? The Sugar Bowl, 11 a.m. kickoff in New Orleans. Alabama is a six and a half point favorite over Kansas State. Nobody is talking about this game. George, who do you like? Nobody's talking about this game because this will not be a good game. Alabama lost two games by four points. Kansas State lost three games in the Big 12. Give me a break. Bama's going to come out here and just destroy Kansas State, and it's not even going to be close. So, like Bryce Young and everybody playing yeah. in the bowl yeah. game too? Yeah. Give me Bama. James, it had to be part of the, their NIL deals. If you want to get your money, you got to play in the bowl game. You can't declare for the draft and go work for the combine. I really believe that's part of the deal. I'm just kidding, but uh, <laughs> but I'm not kidding. So who do you like, James, the Tide or Kansas State's Wildcats? Oh, uh, I, I had seen the time, and I was looking at the ticket prices for this game. It was $15 if you want to go in uh, Section 600. Yeah. So I was yeah. really thinking about it, but I was like, oh, wait, I have plans for tomorrow. So I won't go. go, but definitely taking Alabama. There's a reason why Will Anderson and Bryce Young decided to come back. They want to set a statement and end their Alabama careers yeah. on a high note. And this is going to be a two touchdown plus game. I'm thinking Nick four. Saban. I'm thinking 14 to 16 points. They may get it to three score difference. Who knows? Nick Saban has come out and said it's been the best bowl preparation other than when we're in the playoffs which is every year but it's <laughs> right. the best bowl preparation he's ever had players are having fun they want to be there they want to do their thing they uh give me alabama big time in this one as well he just wants to win in louisiana that's yeah all. it's all we're all in agreement there um all right <laughs> we've got the two semifinal games on saturday michigan's a seven and a half point favorite over tcu george what do you think Man, this is this is this is another one of those games, Jordan. Look, I love Max Dugan. Like, like he's he's played well. I love him, but he ain't seen nothing like this Michigan defense. Mm-hmm. And Michigan is stacked. I think give me give me the Wolverines in this one. The dream season for the Horn Frogs has come to an end. They've done well, yeah, but it's over. Give okay. me give James, me Coach Cactus. How Kakis. do you feel? Look, TCU. They've had a really good season. 
They started off 12-0. Max Duggan's been really good. They've won a lot of really good games, but man, Michigan, they're just different. They still got J.J. McCarthy. Blake Corum, he's not there anymore. He got injured, but you still got really good running backs still overall, like Donovan Edwards. And really, Michigan's going to win this one. There's no doubt about it. Win the games up front, line of scrimmage, Michigan offensive line, defensive line. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just really, really good. Um, I love love TCU. I love their story. I love their quarterback. I love their wide receiver. I love their running back. I love their coach. But no, no, Michigan, (laughs) give me the Wolverines. I'm with you on that one. Georgia, six-and-a-half-point favorite over Ohio State. Date, George. Jordan, this is my upset special. Oh, don't. George is not going to win this football game. Okay. They're not going to win this football game because they they play well. They've been able to win all their games. But I saw Garrett Nussmeyer torch this untouchable Georgia defense. Good point. What do you think? C, what do you think CJ Stroud is going to do? Marvin Harrison. This, yeah. Marvin Harrison. This yeah. national championship. Everybody north of the Mason-Dixon line is going to be ecstatic because it's going to be that classic rivalry, Michigan-Ohio State for the national title. Wow! Give me Ohio State in this game. Upset special for the week. It it would surprise me less, James Mesh, if Ohio State won more so than TCU beating Michigan. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about uh, this Fiesta Bowl? Yeah, I mean – I mean, Peach Bowl, excuse me. If Ohio State and Michigan were both to win, and that's how the national championship goes, college football fans would eat that a lot because huge rivalry to decide it all, a, re- a rematch. I mean, who wouldn't love that? But to me, this just feels like Georgia, they're on a mission this year to prove that what happened last year, it, that, that wasn't just luck. Look, Stetson Bennett, I don't think he's the greatest quarterback to play, but he, he's playing at a high level. And Georgia overall, they're doing it. Brock Bowers, difference maker. That whole defense for Georgia, insane. Ohio State's they're gonna, they're going to keep themselves alive. They're going to definitely be competitive. It's going to be close, but I'm definitely taking the Bulldogs. I think this is the best game by far of the two. I'm I don't know who's going to win it. I just dislike Ohio State. I just do. But they got. <laughs> but you love the really players that coaches. come to the Saints. I just don't like Ohio State. I'm sorry, I don't. They didn't play anybody all year long, and they lost big time to Michigan. But they you can't tell me they don't have as much talent as any team in the country. They do. Um, man, I just think the schedule of Georgia, the fact they've been there, done that, I think it's going to be close. I'm going to take Georgia close. I don't like the six and a half. I think they win by a field goal, maybe even less. But, but give me Georgia, and then we'll talk next week about who's going to win the national championship because – Woo, woo. We shall see. All right, let's move on. Um, let's see. Sunday, we go to the NFL. Carolina at Tampa Bay with the Bucks a three-point home favorite. Who do you like, George? Come on. Boy, I, 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 I got to go Carolina. In this Me too? Okay. I, I saw I saw Carolina run the ball for 240 yards and a half. The, Buc- the, Bucks new- the Bucks defense cannot stop a nosebleed right now. And look, Tom Brady is not – Tom Brady, like, he's just not playing well. Steve Wilkes, he should have a head coaching job next year because what he's done in Carolina has been special. Give me the Panthers with no quarterback. 
to win this game. <laughs> James Mesh, what say you? Yeah, that, that two-headed backfield in Carolina, Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, they're looking mm-hmm. really good right now. You keep it out of Sam Darnold's hands as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You look really good. I mean, Steve Wilkes, what we had seen in Arizona, that did not look good. But this is why you always give coaches and players and just people in general second chances because you never know what could pop up. And I like what okay. Steve Wilkes has done, and I think he should definitely be Carolina's coach for next year as well. I'm definitely going to take Carolina, so that way whenever they play New Orleans next week, they still have a lot to play for. That way they could potentially win the division themselves. So mm-hmm. both going with Carolina. James Mesh says that's why you give coaches second chances. What if Sean Payton goes to Gail Benson and Mickey Loomis and says, look, I want to come back to the Saints and I'm going to bring Tom Brady with me. Bye, Dennis. What <laughs> would you say, George? I would that- say, I would say Dennis Allen. Welcome to your old job, baby. Defensive <laughs> coordinator. And look, people are saying, people are saying, look, they don't want Tom Brady at quarterback. I'm like, all right, you rather have Tom Brady, you rather have Andy Dalton. Yeah. Come on, Brady. Brady yeah. with Sean Payton. Give it to me all day. I'm welcoming Sean Payton. I'm wearing a sun visor to every Saints game next year in honor of Sean Payton. <laughs> James Mesh, wouldn't it be James? Wouldn't it be a, a miraculous that Michael Thomas all of a sudden got cured and healed? And if if Tom Brady and Sean Payton came back, wouldn't that be amazing? All oh, the injuries would be gone. What's a toe injury? What's, yeah, the, what's, what's an ankle injury? I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting a fifteen hundred again. <laughs> I'm getting one. I'm getting 120 catches. What's up? All right, let's go to um, a big matchup. Uh, they've won a few games in a row. He said to R-E-L-A-X a few years ago, Minnesota, the team that everybody hates on, all they do is win every week, but they're at Green Bay. Packers trying to keep their playoff shot alive. They've got to win out. Packers are three-point favorites. Who do you like at Lambeau? The Packers are three-point favorites? Yep. Jesus. Nope. Nobody likes Minnesota. Minnesota's going to go up there and they're going to they're going to win in dramatic fashion because that's what they do. They, the Packers have a solid quarterback. They got a good running game, and they have the best wide receiver in the game. The, yeah. the wide receiver that wasn't even the best wide receiver at LSU is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Justin Jefferson is going to ball. He's yeah. going to break every record. Give me the <laughs> give me the Vikings to win this game. You know that Justin Jefferson was available to the Packers. Instead, they picked Jordan Love. How'd that work out for him? Anyway, I'm just I'm just saying, uh, James Mesh, Vikings, Packers. Man, I mean, we've we've seen the same script five weeks for the Vikings with with them getting a game winning field goal. It kind of feels like all right, let let's let's write a new script, NFL. Come on, uh, but Packers, I, I think they win this one because they're kind of on a roll. Christian Watson's starting to look like a really competent receiver. You're starting to lean on AJ Dillon, not so much Aaron Jones, but you still have two headed. Monster there. Aaron Rodgers looks competent again. And if they win and Washington loses, Packers are in the playoffs. You really think they're you really think they're gonna have Aaron Rodgers out the playoffs? I think <laughs> I think he gets I think he gets in as a seven seed. Come on. You you you've been listening to my my late father. He believes in all that kind of stuff. Minnesota is twelve and three, guys. They scored three hundred and seventy eight points. They've allowed 373. That's got to be a record for a team that's 12 and three. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Packers are at seven and eight. Um, they don't have a very good defense. The Vikings don't have a very good defense. Who's got the best wide receiver? 
Minnesota. Who's got the best running back? I think it's Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the Vikings because I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers. Put him to bed. Go back to your seances and you're going up to the mountains and all that stuff. Just go. Go away. I'm tired of you. All right. Um, Saints at Philly. Uh, Eagles, six and a half point favorites. Does it matter if Hurts plays or Gardner Minshew? Does it matter at all, George? It, it just doesn't, Jordan. Yeah. Um, and look, I think the Saints defense is going to show up and they're going to play well. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but I just don't believe that the Saints offense will do anything against the Eagles defense, and I haven't seen any evidence to prove it otherwise. Dennis Allen is over there chilling. He's not <laughs> going to do anything to steal a possession. So I, 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 I don't see any reason why the Saints would win this game, even though I want them to. So give me the Eagles. All right, James. Um, everybody's picking the Eagles. Are you? I really want to pick the Saints, but I'm going to go against it, and I'm going to pick the Eagles as well. I think it's going to be relatively close. I think it could be 20-17, 23-20, relatively close. I think, hmm. But I, I think it, they get down. I think Eagles they they start off hot they kind of they get off to like a ten point lead like how the Browns did but the Eagles are a much better team than the Browns so I don't think the Saints will be able to overcome it you'll see Andy Dalton throw like a late touchdown pass potentially to make it a lot closer and be like oh it's within three oh we have a chance onside kick oh <coughs> Philly recovered it shucks there goes the season uh, Philly wraps up the number one seed uh, with a win they get a bye. Um, they put Dallas back in its place. They put everybody back. In the, that's too important for Philly. I wish they had beaten the Cowboys a week ago, clinched everything, then they could have rested some players. Then the Saints could win. They ain't going into Philly and winning on Sunday. That ain't happening. Let's go to Monday, back to the college games. Oh, the Cotton Bowl. USC with the Heisman Trophy winner, a point and a half favorite over roll. Green wave rolling down the field. Willie Fritz's two-lane green wave. Come on, George. Give me an upset. Come on. Jordan, I only give you one upset for sure, brother. I can't okay. do it. So, Caleb Williams is special. And, and look, two-lane had an amazing season. Reminded you of Sean King and, every, and that group. Yeah. But, man, look, this is a Power 5 team that's going to come out with a Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> that wave's not going to roll. But, hey, great season, though. Okay, he likes the Trojans. What about you, George, uh, James? I wish I could swag surf one more time in 2022. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> I'm definitely going to go with USC on this one. I mean, may, maybe the betters know a little – maybe Vegas knows a little something that we don't. I mean, it's it's within less than a field goal. Yeah. I don't that, – that makes it interesting, but to me, the Trojans are way too good. There's no way you can't pick USC in this one. Really? There's no way. No way. Tulane's got a really good running back, a very capable quarterback. Um, USC hadn't stopped anybody all year long, but this is going to be a shootout. And give me the best player on the field. If you USC doesn't know where Tulane is, they've never heard of <laughs> Tulane University ever. So how fired up are they? Well, uh, the Cotton Bowl. Okay, they get to play in Jerry's world. That that's that's pretty cool. I'll give you that. Um, fast turf. How healthy is uh, Caleb Williams? Got banged up a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll take USC, but because I just can't pick Tulane. I'm sorry, I, uh, I've never picked for Tulane ever. 
Uh, I'm not going to start now. Give me USC. And finally, 14 and a half point favorites. I just found out there were not one, but two Cheez-It Bowls this bowl season. How much money is Cheez-It? How many bags of Cheez-Its are they selling to pay for two bowl games? Well, they're they're hosting the Citrus Bowl. Um, Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Flor- uh, LSU's a 14 and a half point favorite over Purdue. George? Jordan, Cheez-Its are delicious, by the way. Yeah. But What's your favorite? You, just the regular. OG regular. regular okay. Just the cheese. But look. I like the white cheddar. Go ahead. Ah, that's a good <laughs> one. But look. If LSU is going to win this game by four touchdowns, okay. Jay Daniels is going to throw two. Garrett Nussmeyer yeah. is going to throw two. Yeah, you know, it's it's just going to be a beatdown. I'm going to tell you this: if Purdue somehow even comes to within a touchdown of winning this game, Drew Brees needs to be on the Saints coaching staff next year. Because wow. right. there's this is the most lopsided bowl game I see. You know, like Purdue doesn't have a shot. Go Tigers. If if he changes from his coaching garb at halftime and comes out wearing like a number nineteen with a jerk and starts <laughs> slinging it, then I'm worried. James Mesh, what you got? Right, Jabris can only do so much. Kayshawn's gone, but it didn't matter. Jaden barely threw it to him anyway. I'm taking LSU easy. Right, LSU. that's why he left because Jaden stayed. That's right. Um, <laughs> all right, there you go. I got LSU as well. So there's our last picks of 2022. George, I can't thank you enough. Uh, all Friday. It's been it's been so much fun. We're going to pick it up again next year. But thank you for all your help. I greatly appreciate it. I really do. It's my pleasure, brother. I love to be here. All right, James Mesh, same to you, big guy. I really appreciate all your help as well. And for the last time, we'll take our final break of the year 2022 and we'll wrap this bad boy up after this final time out here on the Jordy Helper Show. All right, welcome back. Um, special thanks to our guests today, Wilson Alexander, Christian Clark, Larry Holder, George Faust, George Becknell, and uh, in his producer's chair, James Mesh. If today, Friday, December the 30th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Icons in their respective sports. LeBron James is 39 today. Tiger Woods is 47 today. And the brains behind LeBron, Kelly Ogeron, has a birthday today so happy birthday to miss kelly um it's been a great run this year we had a lot of fun and we certainly appreciate all of you joining us each and every day monday through friday from two to four um the goal in 2023 is to get even better more informative more entertaining and hopefully the the teams that we follow will give us all the energy that we need to give it to you James Mesh, thank you for all you have done this year in helping this show. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to all of you listeners for joining us in whatever form or fashion, whether it's the radio, the internet, television. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, To our partners that make it possible each and every day, we could not do it without you. And to the management at the game, y'all are the best. Thanks for giving us the tools to succeed. For everyone, I hope you have a very safe and happy end of 22 and a great start to 2023. So long, everybody.